What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome to the Video Simplify podcast with me, your host, Diana Gladney. And this podcast is dedicated to you, helping you simplify the video creation process so that you can reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. Whether that's understanding YouTube and the strategies on how to build a channel for your business or understanding some of the tech and how to get past your fear of being on camera, learn a little bit about the camera so you can actually use it and actually leveraging video for your business. So if you're ready get started let's dive right into this week's episode what is up entrepreneurs welcome back to the video simplified podcast with your host the most diana gladney i'm super pumped to be here uh, with you this week very exciting week and very exciting things that are happening in the camera space we're probably going to be going into a season that's pretty camera heavy simply because where things are is just focusing on upgrading gear and equipment and we're only a few months away from that holiday sale or season that's coming along so even if you aren't in a position right now to be purchasing gear but you will towards the end of the year we know um, holiday checks uh, are are coming around we have people that are more um, giving around that time frame and just a ton of things uh, that opens up financially i know for a lot of people Um, And I'm pretty sure that this is maybe going to be a happier holiday season than uh, it was when we were going through last year's holiday season for obvious reasons. However, let's talk a little bit about the Sony ZV-E10. Now, if you have been around uh, on the channel on YouTube, and if you're new here, welcome. It's youtube.com forward slash Diana Gladney. And the YouTube channel um, has we've, we've been covering this camera a lot. We've been talking um, a lot about it. And there are a couple questions that have been uh, coming up around it. But let's talk about who this camera is for. This camera is for uh, a few different people, honestly, that, that I'm finding more people are finding a lane when it comes to this camera. But let's talk about some of the specs real quick and then we'll get into the other bit. So just so you're aware, if you're new to Sony, there's a 24 megapixel sensor um, that's in the camera. Just think of it like the eyeball that is in your head. <laughs> it allows you to see. Well, that's what a sensor is in a camera so that you can actually see the things that you're pointing the camera at, right? So you take the lens off and that's what you see in there, that little square image. That's the sensor. Okay, well, that's a 24 megapixel and more details than I care to get into um, and into, in regards to that. It is a 6K video that is being, as I like to say, squeezed into 4K. So it's squeezed down into a 4K video file. And when you have that video file, you now are looking at something that is much higher quality than a lot of things that are out there. You have Canon that has their Canon R5 and R6, um, and they're boasting like 8K this or 5K that and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Fantastic. However, those cameras are also $3,000 plus, not including the lenses, just the camera body by itself. You haven't even bought a memory card yet because you definitely need to upgrade the memory card when you start upgrading the camera. Now, if you've seen cameras like the Sony a6100, a6400, a6600, you've seen that flip up screen and you also have smack dab in the middle of that On the camera you have where you see that little uh, hot shoe mount. And 
for a lot of people, if you're using that for video, um, I'm not saying anybody is really using it for the true original use, which was for a flash. It just is being used for microphones. More people are doing video than ever before. Well, now you look at things and you're seeing people using that for, again, microphones. There are brackets and cages and all kinds of things for you to relocate the microphone to a different location on the camera. But with the flip up screen, that was an original problem that ha- that was happening on those cameras and other ones across other brands like the Canon M6. Uh, and it's just, you know, same issue. And so that's why cameras like the Canon M50, like any of the original Canon DSLR camera bodies, the Panasonic cameras, uh, even Fuji now on the Fuji X-T3 and X-T4 camera models, um, went ahead and boasted and switched over to that fully articulating screen that flips around and faces you, but it's on the side instead of the top. Well, the Sony ZV-E10 actually has that fully articulating screen. This is now the the third or the fourth camera. We saw it on the A7S III. We're seeing it. We saw it on the A7C. Uh, We saw it on the ZV-1. And so, yeah, it's the fourth camera now that we are seeing in the first time on an APS-C body, which is that Um, like if you've ever heard me describe sensor sizes, you have small, medium, and large, more or less micro four thirds is the small APS-C is the medium and full frame is considered like a large. So APS-C super 35 sensors are the medium. That doesn't mean that it's less than the full frame, but these are more or less were back in the day originally made as photography cameras. Now they're not. Now they're being used as what's called hybrid people that also do some photography or at least some photos. And you're now also doing videos. Well, now these cameras are primarily being focused at video. And just like the ZV-1 had the dedicated record button on there, things like product showcase mode, where if we used to have to block our faces and some of us that still have the cameras that don't have that feature, only the ZV-1 had it, where you would raise something in front of the camera as you're talking about an object or whatever, And you now need to block your face to block the eye detection autofocus or the face autofocus. So the camera knows to refocus on the thing that I just held up. Now you don't have to do that. All you literally have to do is pull it up, period. It doesn't have to be over your face or over your eye or anything. You don't have to put your hand up or anything. Just put the device or the item that you want to be in focus. The camera recognizes it. You put it down. It goes right back to the face and eye autofocus. It is incredible. If it's something that you haven't experienced before, at least go into a local Best Buy or something and play around with that in the ZV-1. The ZV-E10 just got announced the other day. I'm p- proud and happy to be one of the few people that was able to get their pre-order in immediately when that cart became um, available. I did a live stream about it. I've been talking about this uh, on the channel a lot. So people were not caught off guard um, when it became available. I'm also putting stuff on the community tab. And I'm just trying to share as much information out there as much as possible because I'm very excited about this camera because it answers a lot of problems that people were having. Most people that are in the community, you're looking at something like the Sony ZV-1, the point and shoot camera that you've seen me talk about, um, vlog with and create content with this fantastic camera. And then you also have those other A6000 series bodies that I talked about, A6100, 6400, and A6600, right? Okay, well, I have the A64 and the A66. I love the A6600. It's been my favorite camera since I've had it. And so that being the case, we now have a new player entering the arena. And her name is the ZV-E10. And she has everything just about that the A6600 has. And if you aren't familiar with any of these models, the, the larger the number 
from 61 to 66, the better the camera would be. So you had this larger battery that pretty much would last you all day. You had a magnesium alloy body that was good and had weather sealing. Internal stabilization. So if you move the camera about or if you're walking, it's a little more stabilized. You also had a headphone port. So when you're doing your videos, you can live and in real time listen to yourself or have someone, whoever's behind the camera, monitoring the audio. It doesn't take too many times doing a video and you realize that you (laughs) messed up somewhere. And oh my gosh, the freaking goodness, it's just so frustrating. So it's like you have to have experienced this. Do enough videos. Trust me, it will happen. You got an AC power cable going so you have unlimited battery life because you're using like a dummy battery system or whatever. And maybe you have a wireless unit or even like one of those really long lapel systems and it's touching the cable to the power or something. Somehow they're crossing or getting too close and you have you have this low bzzz in the entire audio. I remember early on I was creating videos and four, four of the videos that I recorded, four out of four, I struck out. <laughs> Completely struck out. Four out of four, those videos were trash in a bag. But I didn't know it because the camera that I had at the time did not have a headphone jack and I never knew that that would even be a problem. So pro tip, keep your power source and your audio source cables separate. And if you have power cables and stuff that are near each other, keep them parallel to each other. Don't cross them and let them loop all over each other. That's a problem. Now, when you look at the ZV-E10, it has a headphone port. This is the first time that I am ever seeing in the Sony cameras for sure And I'm pretty well versed just about in any cameras that come out across any brand. I am not seeing where they are putting a headphone jack. At best, you have Fuji that is putting a a USB-C port on the camera that doubles with a little dongle thingy. It doubles as a headphone jack, but not a dedicated one. It definitely not under $800 across any of the models for real. You really have to get into that a thousand dollars or more camera bodies for that kind of a setup and and something that actually is focused for video or has a more hybrid approach this is a long desired feature that i i've wanted for a long time a lot of other people have wanted for a long time and the significance of all of this is not because of the feature and just gushing out over a new camera but understanding that for most of you all if you are an entrepreneur and you're creating content You've been running into issues trying to decide between one of those A6000 series cameras or a point and shoot camera, because yes, you're, you're indoors maybe right now, or maybe you mostly are creating indoors, but at some point you want to travel, or maybe you want to take your family out for a vacation since it's been a while. And you also want to leverage that tool that you invested in. And maybe you have your phone for things that you use your phone for, and you want a dedicated tool. Maybe you want to level up your live stream and you want to be able to take advantage of the things that are happening around you like the events these virtual events maybe build a speaking portfolio like I did and really get these different engagements so that they can open up doors and more opportunities for you or just get more people finding out about your business whatever the case or a video podcast you name it 
these are things that people have wanted to do. But you have cameras with recording limits where at 29 minutes and 59 seconds, that recording stops no matter what you do. And you have to press the button and restart. Or maybe you're buying a five, six, seven hundred, eight dollar Atomos Ninja 5 recorder or something like that that you can record externally and you're recording in that device instead of the camera. Well, now you've pretty much bought a second camera, essentially. So you've now have an investment of a thousand dollars. That's not even including a memory card, a microphone or nothing else or extra lenses. So when you really think about how much it costs to invest in a camera, and even I had a post and I've talked about this. If you're when people ask me, they have three or four hundred dollars and they say, what camera should I get? There's no camera that you can afford at three to four hundred dollars that won't introduce more problems than it's trying to solve for. Yes, it may produce a video file for you, but the audio is going to be trash if you're picking up a DSLR and it's going to be super noisy and have a ton of problems. Or you're looking at something where the image for the sensor is not that great. Or maybe the autofocus is horrible, even though the camera may have some good specifications about it. But the autofocus is terrible. So now you sat and recorded a video, not really paid attention to the screen because you're looking at the lens of the camera. So it looks like you're looking proper and directly into the eyes of your viewer instead of looking off as if you are having a squirrel moment. (laughs) But you now are in a place where you can afford a camera that's $699 and literally have everything that my $1,300 camera does minus a couple things. There's no EVF, which stands for electronic viewfinder for you little put little eyepiece that you put your little cup that you put your eyepiece up to or eye up to still your eyes, your eyepiece. You know what I'm saying? But that's not necessary. I've probably used that all of two times since I've had this camera. That's not that many times. When I think about the magnesium alloy body, that is something that I care about, weather sealing and things like that. But for the extreme temperatures, even if you're living in a high, uh, a humid environment like I am, it's still fine. It's still fine. I did a live stream where on our Let's Get Live channel, so it's youtube.com forward slash Let's Get Live. We talk about, you have a, we have a, a show, a weekly show that we do that we discuss the latest news in the industry. And so Doc and I were on the show and we're talking uh, and he's very well versed and lived in Japan, has family over there and just uh, extremely well versed individual. Well, he's like, which one do you think is more humid, Florida or Japan? I'm like, well, it's got to be Japan. And these cameras are fashioned, made for primarily that market first. He's like, absolutely correct. That space, that that environment much more humid than our most humid environments here in the States. That being the case, when you really think about it, our humidity really isn't that much. And to be honest with you, I've always been able to handle that. And even for cameras that weren't weather sealed bodies, I was able to handle that just fine using the little gel silica packs. I keep those every time I order something and, and I see one of those packs and it goes into my tech drawer. Because in any bag, any space, anywhere that I have gear, even in the tech drawer, there's a gel silica pack. So it absorbs any moisture when there tends to be an excess. This is also helpful when I'm going from indoor, cooler, 
air conditioner environments or it's you know winter time it's the heat on and you're sweat you know you're going in and in and out and you see like it the, the lens gets foggy and all of that or whatever gel silica packs help with that tremendously you don't have to worry about it give you a good lens cloth a good microfiber lens cloth and then some zeiss lens lens wipes that i love to use it's a fantastic way to make sure that you handle that i've even took my original canon m6 I think it was probably like 30 degrees outside. And that's pretty cold to me, like just being out there. And I was out there for probably two hours shooting with the camera. It never froze. Never froze, never had an issue, never glitched, never nothing. No files with the video, SD card or nothing. My SD cards are better than probably what most people purchase. Um, and it's the Sandisk Extreme and the Sandisk Extreme Pro cards. And even those have some level of weather sealing and splash proof and shock resistance to them so that even they can take a beating or just handle a lot of normal wear and tear use. So when you look at a camera like the Sony ZV-E10, you're now looking at a camera that has the ability to just really punch well above its weight class, similar to the ZV-1. That's the point and shoot little brother, little sister version of the ZV-E10. A headphone jack, a microphone port. Doesn't have a weather sealed body, but still built more or less with the same framing as the other cameras. APS-C sensor size, so a really good one. It has active stabilization and standard stabilization, so it's digital, instead of the built-in in-body image stabilization. And to be honest with you, I think the digital is better. Simply because it's well known. Sony doesn't have the best industry standard image stabilization. And you definitely get it on, get a better version of the, the more recent ones on something like the A7S three. But again, it's also like $3,500 for the camera body. And you don't even have a memory card yet. So, you know, put that in your pipe. It was, was it roll that up in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> so, when you think about what this camera offers, 6K downsampled into 4K, up to 4K 30 frames per second, a headphone, microphone port, active and stabilization in there. So it's digital, which is actually really good. You also get access to Sony Catalyst browse system that allows you to actually take that file data and if you want it and add the best stabilization available possible and do that in editing. Uh, and then, you know, you can adjust it to whatever it is that you want. You have 1080p, 120 frames per second, so you can get that incredible super slow motion. A sensor that isn't crippled or compromised, so that allows you to create high quality videos. It only takes you a moment to go and look at the series that I showed when I talked about this on the live stream, which was the Cold Island series by Becky and Chris. Highly encourage you to go check it out. That was shot on the Sony a6400. The exact same sensor, the exact same settings that are in the Sony ZV-E10 are in that Sony a6400. Actually, there's more in the ZV-E10. And that series was shot using that camera. And the nighttime shots were shot using the a7S Mark II, which is a much older camera. And I do believe it's been discontinued now by Sony. So when you think about what's possible and what all these different things, this camera's actually really fantastic. So if you've been wanting to do a video podcast, oh, it has unlimited recording, by the way. If you were trying to decide between a point and shoot model, still keep it small and lightweight, 
ZV810. It does it. Maybe you want to log picture profiles like the S-Log2, S-Log3, hybrid log, gamma, or, you know, the HLG, things like that. So you can learn and get used to color grading, or maybe just record it in one of those log profiles and actually send it to an editor so that they can color grade it for you. It has that too. Whereas before for what the A6400 now costs, which is $898, you can get it in a cheaper camera. Actually, what's interesting is the release of the Sony ZV-E10 is now made the A6100 and 6400 irrelevant to the people that were getting those cameras for video. This is an incredible, incredible time to be a creator. And if you've been looking for a camera that may be right for you, that's just getting started, it can be as simple as you need it to be, or it can grow and be as complex as you need it to be. I think this camera may be the one for you. I've been asked, you know, you know, I just got the A6400 or is this just got the ZV-1? What, what, what should I do? Should I swap about or, you know, what should, what should I do in this case? If your primary focus and you're trying to get the A6100 or 6400 was for video, this is one of the rare and few times where I would say, actually, if you're within that 30 day period, go ahead and return the one of the one of those two cameras and get the ZVE10 instead. If you're using this camera for photography, primarily, if you are not needing pretty much any of the video stuff, you may could find a use a 61 or 6400 just fine. But even if you found him for $500 for a 699, you could get a tremendous amount more at that 699 price. You're getting eye detection, autofocus for humans and for animal, not just in photos, but in videos in the a 6400, you had eye detection autofocus in photos only for human and animal. Now you can have it in video, whereas you needed to bump up to that eleven, twelve hundred dollar investment to the A sixty six hundred, which I have, if you wanted it for the eye detection autofocus in video for human and animal. It's a lot to digest here. A lot of things that I could continue to talk about, but like I said, this one of the few times I would say it actually makes sense to go ahead and switch. If you had the ZV-1, it's a little bit different because that's a very unique and little camera that even though a lot of the settings and capabilities are, are still the same, even though the sensor size is a one-inch sensor instead of an APS-C, that Super 35 sensor, even though the lens is kind of baked into the camera, instead of being able to switch the, switch the lenses out, the ZV-1 is still a very unique camera because nothing beats just being able to put this in your pocket or your messenger bag or your purse or whatever, and you forget about it. It's out of the way. Take a bigger setup, even though the ZV-E10 is small, the ZV-1 is still way smaller. So it has its use and it has its place. And whether or not between the two, you'll want one or the other, that is something that only you can decide because you know if you want to be able to have options with 
investing in purchasing lenses and things like that, or if you absolutely prefer this kind of a setup with the ZV-1. So it's really only something that you can decide and you'll have to take some time to really evaluate what do you like, what do you dislike. But the ZV-1 is no slouch. But I want to take some time and dedicated time to really talk and discuss uh, this camera a little bit more in depth because I haven't uh, on the podcast yet. And I wanted to take some time to do that. And I do believe this is going to become a bestseller and it is absolutely probably going to become my number one recommendation for the time being moving forward for most of my audience, because this is everything that what everybody's been asking for. So that's where I'm going to leave it for this week's episode. So if you're new here, come back around for next week's episode or go check out one of the other episodes that we have on the podcast. Again, this podcast is dedicated to you helping you simplify the video creation process. But if you know somebody else that may be able to take advantage of that, want to get started in YouTube or starting creative videos, share the link with them. Kick them over one of the episodes that you found valuable or that you think would help them out the most. And if you haven't left a rating or review, be sure to do that. I highly appreciate it. And as I love to end all of my podcasts, the winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sales. With that, guys, through the passion, I'll see you on the next episode of the video Simplify Podcast. Take care. Simplify.